Hey guys, welcome back to the Christian Apologist Podcast with Richard Long. Today we are going to discuss what I believe is the biggest evidence that we have that points to there being a God. We're not going to discuss the Christian God today. We're going to just discuss there being a God. So I think the biggest thing that we have that shows that God exists and that there is a God is the biggest miracle that has already happened. Can you guess what that is? The universe. The universe is the biggest thing that we have that points to a God. So let's just dive right in. So how does the universe point to God? Well, we got two options that we can believe in. We can believe either no one created something out of nothing, which is basically the the atheist point of view, or we have to believe that someone created something out of nothing, which to me is a little bit more likely if you follow Occam's razor, which Occam's razor is just basically you follow the evidence to the least hard, difficult road to follow. So William Lane Craig, he uh, didn't come up with the Kalam argument, but he did make it more famous. And so the Kalam argument is whatever begins to exist has a cause of its existence, and the universe began to exist, and therefore the universe has a cause of its existence. Now, a lot of people sit there and argue that the universe is infinite. It just goes on forever and ever and ever, and it's just eternal. But that is not true because science has proven that it's not true. In fact, we can see the afterglow all the way back to 13.8 billion years ago. So if we can see the afterglow from the Big Bang, then that means it had to have started from a single point, a singularity. And we all know that is true now. We all believe that the Big Bang did create the universe, but the difference between uh, Christians and atheists is just that Christians know who banged it. That's really all it boils down to. Now, there are a lot of Christians out there that want to sit there and argue that the universe is uh, 6,000 years old because of, you know, the beginning of the Bible, and it says that God created the world and everything in it in a six-day period, and on the seventh day, he rested. But for all those that believe that, for all my fellow Christians that believe that, I, I really strongly implore you to, to really dig into that a little bit more, because if you read the very beginning sentence of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So when did he create the heavens and the earth? In the beginning. He doesn't give a time frame. He doesn't say when. And I understand you're going to bring in the six-day period, but, th but those don't even begin until you get to the third or fourth chapter. So, and if you look at those, you have different things for days. Like in some of the days that it mentions, it mentions uh, there was night and then there was uh, morning. And so that's like a 12 hour period for day. And then it talks about Adam naming all the animals. And we all know that there is no way that Adam named every single animal in a 24 hour period. That would be literally impossible. And then also we got the seventh day, God's rest, which we're still living in that day. So technically the days that are mentioned in Genesis don't have to mean 24 hour periods. So with science, it's the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second, and that's how we measure the distance to the afterglow of the Big Bang to 13.8 billion 
years ago. So, yes, we're making an assumption by saying that the speed of light hasn't changed, but I think it's a pretty good assumption. So if we stick with that assumption, then the Earth is 4.5 billion years old, according to radioactive dating, and the universe is 13.8 billion years old. So Stephen Hawking and his book, The Grand Design, admits the universe had a beginning. Stephen Hawking admits that it had a beginning. And if anything has a beginning, then that means there has to be a beginner. Things just don't begin on their own. Stephen Hawking agrees that the universe is finally tuned for life. Hawking tries saying that gravity creates things in his book, but that makes no sense because gravity doesn't do anything. Gravity just is, and that's it. It doesn't matter how you want to look at it. Gravity just sucks. That's what it does. It pulls. It sucks. You know, uh, Dr. John Lennox of the University of Oxford in Cambridge said it best. He says, nonsense is still nonsense, even when spoken by world-famous scientists and other physicists and cosmologists. And he's absolutely right. Just because Stephen Hawking was a world-famous physicist and probably one of the smartest men that ever lived in my lifetime, just because he's so smart doesn't mean he won't say things that is complete and utter nonsense every now and then. And that, honestly, is one of them. But if today, if the universe was infinite, today couldn't have gotten here. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, there would always have to be a day before today, before today could have gotten here. There would never be today. It would always be another day. Plus, if you look at it like this, every second that goes by is the end of infinite infinity. And what I mean by that is, we never know, like, when this second ends or when this minute ends, we don't have another minute until it comes. So that means that at that point in time, time ends and then time begins again. So it does not, there's no way the universe could be infinite. It has to be finite. It has to be constrained. Now, Hawking's and Hartle uh, both try to talk about the quantum vacuums and particles, but the problem is two things. One, they're talking about a quantum vacuum, which is basically uh, a gravitational pull of quantum. Basically, all it means is so small you can't see it. Okay, that's for the non-scientist, non-biologist, non-physicist. That's what quantum means. And so they're saying that a quantum vacuum and particles is what created the original Big Bang. But for one, you're missing two things. You're missing one, the particles had to come from somewhere, Mr. Hawkins, and I understand um, he, he passed away and God rest his soul, and Hartle, uh, he's still alive, but you, you still have to explain where the particles came from, and you also still have to explain where the quantum vacuum came from. It just can't exist on its own. It's not going to come out of nothing. Nothing comes from no thing. That's just a proven fact. Einstein's theory of general relativity says that space, time, and matter has to come into existence at the exact same time for anything to exist. For anything to exist, you have to have space, time, and matter. Now, what do we think of, or what do I think of at least, when I say something is spaceless, timeless, and immaterial? I think of God. God is outside the realm of time, he's outside the realm of space, and he's outside, he, he's not made of material. So, 
Whatever created space, time, and matter can't be made of space, time, and matter. So to me, that alone throws away all the materialists out there that claim that everything is made of material. Everything comes about through materialism. That can't be because it had to come together at some point before material was even there. You know, did you know that the universe was 10, 34 of a second years old or a hundredth of a billionth of a trillionth of a trillionth of a second year old? It expanded at a rate faster than the speed of light. I mean, that is extremely, extremely fast. In fact, the gravitational pull, if it's altered more than one part in 10 to the 40th power, we would not even exist. Now, let me explain it to you like this. Now, I understand that gravity isn't measured by a measuring tape, but let's just assume that it was. You could take a measuring tape from one end of the universe to the other end of the universe, put the gravitational pull dead center, and if it was off by one inch, we would not exist. Is that a coincidence? Is that a chance? I don't know. You tell me. I don't think so. Astrophysicist Filipinko of the University of Berkeley in California says you can't get universes with the laws of physics. So we have another astrophysicist who is an atheist saying these things can't happen. Charles Darwin, the one that invented or came up with Darwinism and evolution, that the impossibility of conceiving that is this grand and wondrous universe with our conscious selves arose through chance seems to me the chief argument for the existence of God. Even Charles Darwin was saying that everything is so put into place and so magnificent and so wonderful that it's hard to explain it without saying there's a God. And another cosmologist, Professor Alexander Vilenkin of Tufts University, says with the proof now in place, cosmologists can no longer hide behind the possibility of a past eternal universe. There is no escape. They have to face the problem of a cosmic beginning. So there's no way to get around this. The universe had to have had a beginning. And if something has a beginning, there has to be a beginner. The second law of thermodynamics also says you can't get order out of chaos. That's one of the laws inside the second law of thermodynamics. And if you have something that's so small, and I understand for all you science guys out there that are going to try to correct me on this, I'm not saying that Big Bang was an actual explosion, but it wasn't a mass expansion at a very fast rate, and there is no way that everything could have came together and became in a perfect order out of that kind of chaos. It's impossible. And if you say it's not, then you're going to have to argue with the second law of thermodynamics from which you base all your information off of. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And also the second law of thermodynamics says that the universe is losing usable energy and someday we will go into heat death. That's also what the second law of thermodynamics says. And they can see that we are losing usable energy. If the universe was infinite, if it was eternal, if it was forever, then we would never run out of energy. It would just never would. And we haven't even got into the fine-tuning of the universe. I mean, there there's three possible chances, possibilities of fine-tuning, which is chance, physical necessity, and design. Those are your only three 
chances or possibilities for a fine tuning. Now you can pick chance if you want, but chance, chance is only the word that we use to describe uh, mathematical possibilities that we cannot even fathom. That's what chance is. Physical necessity, you can choose that one, I guess, or you can just say that, hey, there was a designer that put all this into place. I mean, like we can look at everything out there in the universe that has to do with our existence here on Earth. For example, Jupiter. Jupiter, if it wasn't where it was, Earth would not exist. Why? Because Jupiter is so big, it's basically like a giant vacuum. It literally sucks in all these giant meteors and asteroids that would be coming towards Earth, but get sucked back up into Jupiter. So yes, folks, anytime, anytime I hear about an asteroid or a meteorite that's about to hit Earth and it's just going to wipe us completely out, I am very, very much rooting for Jupiter. You know what I mean? I mean, they are on the top of my list for getting hit by that asteroid. And like I mentioned earlier, the gravitational pull, if it was altered more than 1.10 to the 40th power, 10 to the 40th power, that's a huge number. We would not exist. If the tilt of the earth wasn't 23.5 degrees, we would not be able to exist. If the earth didn't have a 24-hour day rotation, we would not exist. That is how finely tuned the universe is. So it's very hard for me to believe that the universe came out of nothing and just happened to become finely tuned out of physical necessity by chance. I mean, that's all by chance. Yes, we have science and science does prove things and we are watching and we are looking and we are studying the science. But if you follow the science to where it leads, you cannot deny, at least at the very minimum, a possibility of God. You know, the average distance of the stars in our galaxy is 30 trillion miles apart. That is the average distance. So when you're looking up into that big sky and you're only seeing a very small fraction, like pretty much like a pin needle of the actual universe, and you see all those stars, those stars are 30 trillion miles apart on average. But did you know that even without that distance, Earth could not be supporting life right now? I mean, that is crazy. That is a crazy thing to happen. And that is a mathematical, almost impossibility in my mind for it to happen by chance. In fact, Stephen Hawking said this. He said that the speed of the Big Bang, if the rate of expansion was different by one part in a thousand million million a second after the actual Big Bang, the universe would have collapsed or never would have developed its galaxies? I mean, think about that. One part in a thousand million million of a second after the Big Bang, none of this would be existing. I just think a lot of people are putting a lot of hope into chance. A lot of hope into chance. You got to look at it like this. So, if everything exists... And we have things such as the laws of logic, the laws of mathematics, the laws of morality, and all these things that exist on Earth and for the universe. Not just on Earth, for the universe. How could that be explained 
if no human mind is needed to conceive these laws. Now, what do I mean? The laws of logic, for instance, if I was to say no humans are on earth, would that still be true or false if no humans were on earth? Of course it would. It would be true or false. If no humans were on earth, and I say no humans are on earth, it would still be true. We don't need a human mind to do that. If I said two plus two equals four, but there's no humans on earth, would two plus two still equal four? Absolutely, it would still equal four because you don't need a human mind to have the laws of mathematics. That's what we're talking about. The reason you don't need human minds to have the laws of logic is because the great mind, God's mind, is the one that contains and sustains the laws of logic and the laws of mathematics. So humans aren't needed for any of this. You know, the concept of cosmic fine-tuning relates to a unique property of our university, whereby the physical constants and laws are observed to be balanced on a razor's edge from, from permitting the emergence of complex life. The degree of which the constants of physics must match precise criteria is such that a number of agnostic scientists have concluded that indeed there is some sort of transcendent purpose beyond the cosmic arena. British astrophysicist Fred Hoyle writes, A common sense interpretation of the facts suggests that a super intellect has monkeyed with physics as well as the chemistry and biology that there are no blind forces we're speaking about in nature. The numbers one calculates from the facts seem to me, seem me so overwhelming as to put this conclusion almost beyond question. I mean, physicists and astrophysicists and cosmologists, they all agree that there is something. But instead of just saying there is a God, they want to sit there and completely keep chancing it up to, oh, we will find an answer later, or we're going to strike it up to chance. In fact, there are two university professors, I won't mention their names, but they are husband and wife. They actually gave the idea that, now bear with me, because it, it's really tough to like gather, for me at least, they're saying that, what if we are nothing but, and I'm talking about our entire universe, we are nothing but a science project on a seventh graders class science project. And that's why we're here. That is the answer that they would rather come up with other than, Hey, there's a God. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I don't know. I just find that one a little bit hard to believe. Also the ripples in the universe left over from the original big bang singularity. Um, we, they call them the CMB or the cosmic background radiation. They are detectable at one part in 10 to the fifth power, which is basically 100,000. If this factor were even slightly smaller, the cosmos would exist exclusively as a collection of gas. The stars, the planets, and the galaxies, none of that would exist. It would not exist. Uh, conversely, if this factor were increased slightly, the universe would consist only of a large black hole. Either way, the universe would be uninhabitable. We would not even be able to be living here. We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we are going to finish this talk about the universe, the planet, and our galaxy as being the biggest evidence pointing to God. Be right back. 
Hey guys, this is Richard with the Christian Apologist Podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain how it works in a few simple steps. For one, it is completely free. And yes, you heard that right. It is completely free. Mark my words. It is free. You cannot get any cheaper than free. Two, there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You don't need a whole bunch of fancy programs and software. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And trust me, folks, that is a big deal when you're starting out on podcast. And five, it's everything that you need to make a podcast all in one simple place. To get started, all you have to do is download the free Anchor app on Google Play Store or the Apple iTunes, or from a computer, go to anchor.fm to get started. And let me tell you, people, Anchor FM is what the Christian Apologist Podcast uses, and we have been extremely happy with its services. So once again, if you want to give podcasting a shot, you are going to be doing yourself a big injustice if you do not download the free Anchor app on Google Play Store or Apple iTunes or from your home computer by going to anchor.fm. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Christian Apologist Podcast. We are discussing the biggest evidence that we have for there being a God. And so where we left off, we were just talking about the fine-tuning and everything that is needed to have life on earth and everything, how everything in the universe is designed, finely tuned for life to exist on earth. Another finely tuned value is the strong nuclear force that holds atoms together and therefore matter together. The sun derives its fuel from using hydrogen and atoms together. When two hydrogen atoms fuse, 0.7% of the mass of the hydrogen atoms is converted into energy. If the amount of matter converted were slightly smaller, let's say just 0.6% instead of 0.7%, a proton would not be able to bond to a neutron and the universe would consist only of hydrogen. Without the presence of heavy elements, planets would not form and hence there would not be any life that would possibly be here today. If the amount of matter converted were increased to 0.8% instead of 0.7%, fusion would occur so rapidly that no hydrogen would remain. Again, the result will be no planets, no solar system, and hence, no life. The ratio of electrons to protons must be finely balanced to a degree of one part in 10 to the 37th power. That is one with 37 zeros behind it, folks. If this fundamental constant were to be any larger or smaller than this, the electromagnetism would dominate gravity, preventing the formation of galaxy stars and planets, and again... Life would not be possible. I mean, how finely tuned did this planet have to be for life to exist, for us to exist right now? You can chalk that up to chance. You can talk chalk that up to physical necessity. But physical necessity needs a reason. It needs a cause. Aristotle called God the uncaused first cause, the unmoved mover. He is the uncaused first cause. So that is your cause. I mean, this is crazy. The ratio of the electromagnetic force to gravity must be finally balanced to a degree of one part in 10 to the 40th power. If this value were to be increased slightly, all stars would be at least 40% more massive than our own sun. 
This would mean that the stellar burning would be too brief and too uneven to support complex life such as humans. If this value were to be decreased slightly, all stars would be at least 20% less massive than our sun, and this would render them incapable of producing heavy elements in which we need to have life. The rate of which the universe expands must be finely tuned to one part in 10 to the 55th power. If the universe expanded too fast, the matter would expand too quickly for the formation of stars and planets and galaxies to have formed. If the universe expanded too slowly, the universe would have quickly collapsed before the formation of stars. I mean, this is, this is to me, inevitable. You cannot deny this kind of evidence and say it is not even at least possible for God to exist. I mean, there's just no way you can say that. Atheists claim to be the voice of reason. If you are the voice of reason, then you cannot tell me this isn't reasonable to at least accept the fact that God might exist. Whether you want to follow him or not is regardless of the fact of him existing. Did you know that the mass density of the universe is finally balanced to permit life to a degree of 1 part in 10 to the 59th power? If the universe was slightly more massive, an overabundance of uh, deuterium from the Big Bang would have caused stars to burn too rapidly for the formation of complex life. And if the universe were slightly less massive, any insufficiently an insufficiency of 